From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. Good evening to you, wherever you may be. Pastor Mike Douglas here. Welcome to Lighthouse Live on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Great to have you with us this evening, uh, along with our uh, co-host and producer, Elaine Harlan, our faithful prayer intercessor, the inimitable Mr. Owl, uh, here with us as well, Al Ramsey, and a special guest, uh, Rod Landis, who a good friend for... uh, I'm just going to say old friend. You're not old. You know, you're just a good friend. We've known a long time. Very young. Very young. Anyway, (laughs) we'll be visiting with Rod in just a bit. Uh, And uh, really, he said, I think, one of the uh, choice positions that God can give us, and that is uh, teaching and mentoring young people. And we'll be exploring uh, how God has uh, blessed both the children and Rod throughout that process. Let's uh, get started right away with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. What will people think when they hear that I'm a Jesus freak? What will people do if they find that it's true? Hey, what's up? This is Michael Tate with news from the Voice of the Martyrs. Reports indicate a deadly summer for Christians in Somalia. Al-Shabaab rebels are tracking converts from Islam, especially in areas where Christian workers have provided medical aid. The rebels have expressed their intent to cleanse Somalia of all Christians. On July 20, Mohammed Sheikh Abdurrahman, a convert and leader of an underground cell group of Christians, was shot to death. Eyewitnesses said it appeared Islamic extremists had been hunting him. In another incident, a 55-year-old Christian refused to reveal information about an underground church leader, so Islamic extremists beheaded his 11- and 12-year-old sons. For more news from Somalia, go online to persecution.com. And back with you live here on Lighthouse Live. Great to have you with us. And uh, just a, a, a thank you to all of uh, you. And we'll get to our good friend Brad Dacus in just a minute. But a thank you to all of you who are turned out for uh, Connections 2009 Airport Cleanup 2. I also want to say, like the movies, Airplane 2. No, no, no. <laughs> a little bit different thing, I think. Yeah. Remember that? Shirley, you just, no, and don't call me Shirley. Remember that joke? Yeah. Now I just admitted I watched Airplane 1 and Airplane 2. How many times? Yeah. Where was I going with Oh, airport cleanup. Yes. Oh, fantastic uh, time. Again, we we think somewhere between 250 to 300 uh, volunteers from local churches came out, and we had the privilege of uh, responding uh, to the felt needs of the neighborhood. When we asked them, they said, hey, uh, we have graffiti, we have a bunch of weeds that are fire hazards, and and uh, we have debris in the alleyways. That's what we'd like you to take care of. So that, were, that was in the instructions. If it's, if it's a weed, whack it. <laughs> if it's paint, paint it. 
And uh, if it's debris, bag it. And, you know, that's pretty simple. And uh, I tell you, the volunteers just did an incredible job. I don't know Wonderful. how many tons uh, was hauled out of there on Saturday. But thank you for blessing the airport. Mr. Al singing that song. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good. We should give you a microphone out. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> The two, uh, you were two years old listening to Tennessee. Now we'll start to do the math here, Al, and figure <laughs> all that himself. out. So anyway, <laughs> a big thank you to all of you yes. who uh, turned out to help to bless uh, the airport neighborhood. And uh, we just thank you so much for sacrificing your time and your talents to uh, love your neighbor as yourself. All right, let's check in with our friend Brad Dacus from the Pacific Justice Institute. It's time for The Legal Edge, a look at your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. And now with a look at what's happening on the legal front, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. When the Lemon Grove School District fired longtime dance teacher Kathy Villarobos, it did not count on her zeal to protect her religious liberty. You see, her case has recently gone to court. And what was Kathy's great offense? She mingled some liturgical music in with mostly secular music in her dance class. Well, Pacific Justice Institute, in defending Ms. Villarobos, made it clear that it is constitutional for teachers to use both religious and secular music as part of instruction. Let's pray that other qualified Christian teachers do not suffer similar injustices in the future. I'm Brad Dacus. To find out more about The Legal Edge, call 916-857-6900 or log on at pacificjustice.org. And time to take a look at the Volunteer Center of the United Way with opportunities for you to serve, more opportunities. Modesto City Schools, and this one is going to sound real familiar to some people, reach out to students and families walk to help mobilize volunteers to visit neighborhoods on Saturday, September 19th. That's coming up this week from 10 till noon. The goal of this outreach effort is to ensure a diploma in every hand, a rewarding career in every future, and a contributing member of our global society. Volunteers ages 16 years and older will meet at designated school sites, work in teams of three or four, and make home visits targeting families with children uh, with attendance, potential dropout issues and dropouts. Now, you know, we did this this past Saturday. I say we, we had a team, and Pastor Mike's wife and son went out and, and headed up a team and other volunteers, and they went to some of the residents in the airport neighborhood, and I'll tell you what, they just did a fantastic job meeting with residents in the airport neighborhood and doing just that, encouraging students to stay in school, get those diplomas, and stay away from drugs and all of those things. And this was just a wonderful, wonderful effort on their part. So, and again, this is a continuing uh, throughout the Modesto area. They are targeting schools, uh, neighborhoods, including Franklin, Kirsten, Robertson Road, Bret Hart, Shackelford, Tuolumne, and once again, the Orville Wright School area has been hit. We uh, took care of that last Saturday. Interested individuals and groups will be given an orientation and instruction for, the, uh, for this walk from 8.30 a.m. prior to the going out uh, and doing this. This worthwhile effort is a partnership between Modesto City Schools, the city of Modesto, and the business community. What a great thing to get involved in, and uh, we just would encourage you to consider that. The Stanislaw County Elections Office, a consolidated district election, will be held on Tuesday, November 3rd. Volunteers ages 18 years and older are needed to serve as election officers, bilingual election officers, and on-call election officers from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. on Election Day. 
Election officers help set up the voter precinct, uh, maintain security of the ballots and voting equipment, and assist voters as necessary. A $95 stipend is offered for the volunteers' time and commitment, which includes a mandatory three- to four-hour training class that's offered from October 13 through the 24th. And Modesto, Oakdale, and Turlock Training will provide an excellent overview of the election day process as well as hands-on equipment training to ensure proper setup and operation of the voting equipment. If you're interested, you must be a registered voter in California and attend training. Volunteer applications are available online as well at www.stanvote.com. Something fun is back, and we love this, Modesto Blind Bowlers. If you love bowling, you can be a, a pin spotter. You know, that's kind of hard to say. I want to say. It's an announcer <laughs> you, you test. Can't, you can't say that three times. If you times can do it three times fast. in a row, uh, you, I'm not even going to try you that. You too can be Mrs. Producer. But you know yeah. what? You have been a, a, a pin spotter before, and I think you did that for our good friend, Marty Lancer. Well, actually, and he was throwing me down the alley. Well, that's but, a whole you know, other that was story a whole and a, story. a whole lot of fun. And but it's a great, great way to serve. Really? And, you know, the, the blind bowlers just have a wonderful time. Mm, you, bet you know, do. and it, it's a great time to, to establish some good relationships there. And a great and that's way what to it's serve. all about is those relationships. Right. Modesto Blind Bowlers is a league. Of and the neat thing is they couldn't tell if I was bowling 200 or two, <laughs> and that was really good. It <laughs> was probably a good yeah. thing, huh? <laughs> Modesto Blind Bowlers, a league of vision-impaired bowlers, volunteers age 15 years and older, advising the bowlers of the number and order of pins left standing after each throw and keeping track of the game score. The league meets Saturdays beginning September 12th through the end of April, uh, so it's already begun, uh, and they meet from 1130 until 130 in the afternoon at McHenry Bowl in Modesto. Training is provided. Uh, Modesto Blind Bowlers promoting the sport of blind bowling and partnership opportunities for both vision-impaired and sighted individuals. And they are great people. You bet they, they are. are great. Yes, absolutely. If you have any questions on these opportunities, call Barbara Borba. She's at 209-524-1307, extension 113. Again, that's 209-524-1307, extension 113. Or you can email Barbara at bborba at uastand.org. Now, some opportunities to serve from ABC, rides to medical appointments. This is a biggie. We have an 82-year-old uh, living in Modesto, and she needs a ride to and from her home. September 22nd, one appointment is at 1130 and one at 2 in the afternoon. If you can provide one or both, let us know. We'll connect you with that opportunity. Also, uh, a patient with spinal spifida uh, needs a ride in October on the 6th for some lab work. Uh, time is open for that, and she needs wheelchair capability. If you can provide services for her, we can connect you with that as well. Maybe you would like to plant some trees. Maybe that's your cup of tea uh, with some other volunteers, and, and maybe that's your thing. October 3rd, there is a We'll real be there to root for you. Hey, that's a good one. Uh, October 3rd, Sorry. there's a need. We should be. <laughs> there's a need for 100 volunteers to plant about 114 trees. Starting time is 8 a.m. Bring gloves, shovels, water, and jot down this number, 209-341-3986. Or you can call us here at ABC 
at 209-544-9571, and we'll be happy to connect you with any of these opportunities and uh, more as well. And an announcement, and finally, but not least, actually most, uh, if you want to check out our resident doctor's website, yes, Dr. Jim Henman, at www.careforyou.com, that's C-A-I-R-4-U.com, as in Changing Attitudes in Recovery. He has added a free audio MP3 download of both the Journey and Grace series. It's a free resource for you during difficult times, and we hope you will benefit from it. And we thank Dr. Jim and his ministry for that. Well, hard to believe that another year of school is well underway, but it is. And tonight we are honored uh, to have with us a godly man who teaches at Modesto, California. And you'll hear uh, he's a teacher, a mentor extraordinaire. And so we want to welcome back Rod Landis back to Lighthouse Live. Welcome back, Brother Rod. I'm glad to be back. It's been a long time. But it's been I a love while. coming here. Well, we, <laughs> we love having you at Enoch's High School. I'm at Enoch's High School. Relatively new high school. We uh, graduated our first group of seniors last year. Wow. And so yeah. this is our fourth wow. year. Is that right? Yeah. And yeah. I think maybe 650 kids we graduated, something like that. And you've been teaching how many years now? I've been teaching 17 years. And it's just, it just seems like yesterday when I started, and it just kind of blows my mind a little bit. But uh, I, I love it. I love kids. And that, that's where my passion is more and more all the time. Now, was that, that kind of your uh, vision as a young man? This is what you wanted to do? Or, or did God kind of just... Uh direct you with that direction you know that's an interesting question i hated school <laughs> I, 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 uh, I, are you serious i, I am dead serious I, I hated english actually and, and I, I hated english i hate grammar i still do it just confuses me terribly bad and um, but uh you know it's interesting <laughs> i uh, i was out of high school for six years and then I decided to go back, and I, I had a, a toe surgery, which laid me back. I was hanging garage doors, and and uh, I thought, wow, what happens if my back goes out? And so I thought about education. So I went back to MJC, took a math class, got 101% on it. I thought, hey, maybe maybe I can do this. And as I started back, I thought maybe medical, because my dad was a doctor, my grandpa was a doctor. I thought about history. I loved history, history classes. I thought about being a counselor. Well, I learned real quick that a math teacher or a, a doctor has to know math and science, and that was not my cup of tea, so that you know, kicked that one out. Uh, I didn't know if I wanted to be a counselor and listen to people's problems all day, so I kind of went back in as a history teacher. But I hated the history classes, loved the English classes, and so I became an English teacher, and uh, I, I'm, I'm very blessed in, in that regard. I, I, I do love my kids, and, and I love literature, actually. I love teaching literature, mm-hmm. life lessons, mm-hmm. and every piece of literature has, has a lesson to be learned, and, and it is still very applicable today. A born leader, Rod. I, I, I've become a leader. I, I wasn't a born leader. I, I didn't know that I could do it, but uh, as I've taught longer, um, I, I read a lot of leadership books. In, in regards to, I was a speech teacher for 13 years, and the motto of the speech league is uh, training youth for leadership. Mm. Well, about 10 years ago, actually, I thought, you know, I had, I had to read about great speech coaches or great coaches. And so one summer I read John Wooden and uh, Pat Riley and Phil Jackson and Woody Hayes and Bear, you name it, I read them. 
And I got some some really good ideas. I've been doing affirmations in my class now for about nine years, every day, every class, and I love it because I realize it's for me just as much as it is for mm-hmm. kids. And they, a lot of my former students say, "Oh yeah, I've got all of them," and, and it's been a lot of fun in, in that regard. So no, I, I'm one of the rare teachers that hated school. I think, and yeah. I think that's why I love teaching basic level kids. I've been doing that my whole career. I love teaching them because I can relate to them. Mm. I understand that. I understand their pain and their hurt more than mm. most other teachers do. I was going to say it sounds like there's an affinity there. And oh, absolutely. You've been there, done that. I well, understand what they're doing. You, you know, when I realized that uh, I had great parents, a great Christian background, everything, but as I was going to school, I, I knew I was stupid. Uh, I knew I was ugly. I knew whatever <laughs> I did, I would fail at. I knew that. Mm. And so if you know that, you don't really try new things and everything. Well, I know that many of my kids feel exactly the same way. Uh, And so every day is positive what you can do. I said it's okay to fail. It's okay to fall down. Just get back up. And over and over and over again, probably some of the greatest compliments I've gotten from students when I ask them, what did you learn in my class uh, this year? They'll say, never to give up, Mm, never to give up. Well, you know what? if it's grammar, you have a lesson, don't give up. Math, if you math, science, whatever it is, relationships, people, you just don't give up. And, and I've learned that, mm. not to give up, and, and it's a lot of fun to teach my kids that. A great encourager. I, well, I, I'm, I I'm learning that, yes, yes, yes. absolutely. And, and that's, you know, I I realize it's a spiritual gift. It's, mm-hmm. it's not something that everybody mm-hmm. has, and, and I just do it because that's that's what I've been gifted by. And uh, I'm giving compliments to kids all the time. I'm giving hugs all the time. I'm shaking hands all the time, smiles. And, you know, and it's just me. And I don't get tired of it. I actually get um, buoyed up, I think, and encourage myself as I encourage others. And I it's really say, a lot of fun. This has to just bless your socks off because you are at a public school. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not mm-hmm. a Christian high mm-hmm. school, but you are uh, working with children who come from all sorts of yes. backgrounds yes. and some of them um, perhaps come from Christian homes, but many of them do not. Well, you know, and, uh, you know, I took a couple years off. And since I've been back in education since February of 07, my heart has been turned towards the helpless, the hopeless, and the hurting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I never realized that when I was teaching before, but I've got classrooms full of them. Yeah. I, I'm I'm more in tune with, with a kid, and, and I'm always at the door uh, either shaking their hand or giving them a hug when they come in. And I usually know if they're having a good day or a bad day. And, uh, you know, these, this business about hugs, I, I probably hug maybe 50 kids that aren't even in my classroom. They just come by for a hug every day. Mm. And, uh, you know, we had a teacher pass away this uh, past week, and on yeah. Friday a lot of kids, I just see them, you know, and they have tears on us to come over here. Yeah. And I, I just hold them for a little while, you know, and they just kind of boo-hoo and – you know, that, that's that's great encouragement to me, you know, in, in that uh, one of my favorite verses, I think it's in Corinthians, it talks about we comfort with the comfort wherewith yes. we've been comforted. Mm. And I know what it is to hurt. I know what it is to lose right. a parent and grandparents. I know what that's all about. And so I can comfort because I know what I needed. And, and it's just a, 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 a hand on the back. It's going to be okay. You're going to make it. A lot of those kinds of things. And it's really exciting for me to be able to give back in that way. You know, the, the state curriculum objectives are one thing, but what you, you mentioned before, what you're teaching is life. Well, yeah, you know, you know I, I am an English teacher, but people ask me what I teach, and I do. I teach life. Yeah. I teach uh, how to care for people, how to encourage people, how to not give up, how to persevere. I have a quote on the board every day. Uh, my quote this uh, today was, um, what would you do if you knew you'd never fail? Mm. Go do it. 
that was one, and, and the other one was, oh, I can't remember what it was exactly. But, uh, you know, it, oh, I know uh, Eleanor Roosevelt said, um, a person who never fails doesn't do anything. Yeah. yeah. And so uh-huh. I say, you know yeah, what, exactly. you just sit there and don't do anything. That's okay. But you're not, you're not, and you got to get out there. And, and so I'm constantly challenging these kids. Uh, these kids have been told they're stupid. They've been told they're lazy. They've been told they're troublemakers and over and over and over again. And, and when they come in my room, I'll say things like, uh, you know what, you're quite a guy. And they'll look at me kind of funny. I said, when you start to believe it, you're going to change your life just that quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about positive attitude. I got a, <laughs> I got an email from a parent a couple weeks ago, and she said, Mr. Landis, I, I don't know what you're doing, but my son doesn't have a father figure, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, you're doing a good job. And she said, he got up the other day, and he said, I'm, I'm going to be positive today. Today's going to be a great day because Mr. Landis told me. <laughs> <laughs> don't you love that when something like that? You know, and that's very humbling, but... Uh, I, I'm pretty sure I'm doing something right. Yeah. Uh, I'm convinced of it. Over over your 17 years of, of teaching, Rod, how has the landscape changed in terms of, I mean, students always have problems, but, uh, you know, we, we've seen shifts in, in uh, issues within our streets and, and, uh, and such. Uh, any changes that you have seen in the landscape over those 17 years as an educator? You know, I don't think I was as in tune 17 years ago as I am today. Mm. Uh, for instance, uh, every start of the year, I say, I want you to write me just a page of life story. Just tell me what's going on in your life. Uh, be as, you know, as open as you want to, but but realize, you know, if, if it goes over the edge, I've got to, you know, check it out and everything. Um, I had a sophomore year this year who was born in jail. Uh, I had mm. a, one of my juniors this year. She's uh, the only girl in five brothers. She was raped by one of her older brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have, actually have uh, one of my uh, junior boys, or senior boys this year. Uh, his dad died uh, a week before school started. Uh, you know, there's a lot of those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And, and it just tears my heart out. Mm-hmm. And that these kids just need somebody that cares about them. That's yeah. all they need. And they need somebody that supports them and loves them through it all. And it just drives me nuts because we just let them go by and, and we don't know what to do. You know, and all you got to do is care about them, get involved in their lives. And um, last year in uh, March, I got a pink slip. And so I said, you know, I might have to go before some people to to kind of push for my job. And I said, why don't you write me a letter? And all of them said, oh, we can do this, you know. And over and over and over again, we know Mr. Landis cares. We know he cares. We know, you know. And it's not that nobody else does, but I care in a different way, and they know it, you know, very much so. And, and that's that's so rewarding for me. Well, you know, you, you think over the, the teachers and later professors that you have in your life, and it doesn't take long to be able to identify the ones that truly cared about you being in the classroom and cared about you as an individual versus those who, you know, were, were just there, you know, clocking in and, and clocking out at Putting the end of the, the day. Time. Well, you know, and again, I'm teaching me. Yeah. I'm giving these kids what I wish I would have had so mm-hmm. desperately. Uh, I never once was ever told, Rod, you can be great at anything you want to do. Never, mm-hmm. not once. Mm-hmm. And I tell these kids, I say, you know what? You guys were born for greatness. You, 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 every one of you is tap- capable and talented and everything. And, and, I, and, I, and I stress the point. I say, you know, if I was sitting in this classroom listening to me, I would have looked all around me and said, everybody else can be successful except for me. Mm. That's how I felt about me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure I heard some of these messages, but I never thought it applied. 
And now I, I, I take great pains to do that. And, uh, you know, it's been such a blessing. Just the other day I had a, a young man come in, and he'd been dating his girlfriend for six years, and he was just a big old guy crying. And, you know, and, and, and then I talked to his girlfriend, and she said, yeah, I'd just about come in and talk to you too. And, and I do. I have, I'm just dropping in, you know, just mm-hmm. just to say, hi, just, how are you doing? And, you know, and I open door policy, and, and uh, it, it's been very rewarding in, in that regard. And working with kids, just, just taking the time to listen to them, laugh with them, care about them uh, over and over again. What a ministry this is, Rod, that you have. And just before the broadcast, we were talking about – uh, the kids that come from Elliott School, we mm-hmm. call it here in Modesto, mm-hmm. California, for friends who live elsewhere, you probably have a, a similar type school uh, in your area where the so-called bad kids mm-hmm. go, and, and we don't want to call it that, but the, the, the kids who have been rejected from the other schools mm-hmm. for b- bad behavior or, or, or inappropriate behavior, whatever term you want to, to label that with, but... Um, Talk a little bit about your experience, Rod, at the Elliott School, because when I drove bus, I, I had children at Elliott School, so I know exactly some mm-hmm. of the children that were there, and, and uh, I bonded with some mm-hmm. of them as well in, mm-hmm. in a special way. Talk a little bit about your well, experience. Well, uh, when I started there, I had the same um, idea about it. it was the bad school, the bad kids, and so I was a little bit apprehensive about going. Mm-hmm. But when I started back in there, that's where I started back after I took my two-year hiatus, I started shaking kids' hands, everybody that walked in my door. And I never knew the power, but but we kind of had an L-shape um, classroom thing, and kids would come to shake my hand before they went to their other class. Mm-hmm. And, and then I knew the power. And so what I do now, for instance, at the beginning of the year, I say, I shake hands because I said, I know a number of you walk around this campus. Nobody even knows you exist. I know that. Mm-hmm. And I said, I want you to know that I know you're here, and I'm glad you're in my classroom. And, and just that over and over and over again, I, I you know, I, I put on a, a little sign on my door. It says free hugs on, on the front and the back. <laughs> and even some of my guys will come and they say, will you give me a hug, Mr. Landis? I say, yeah, I'll give you a hug, you know. And, and that, that's real rewarding because in our society, that's not acceptable. Um, even like on mm-hmm. Friday, I talked about grief because, we, like I said, we had this teacher pass away. Yes. And I say, you know, in our society, we don't um, say that it's okay for a man to cry. Uh, we don't say it's okay for a man to, to express his concern or to say he's got problems or issues. You've got to be tough and handle it all. And and I say, you know, if I cry, I, I cry. Uh, I say, you know, if, if I can't figure something out, I'm going to ask somebody how to do it because I want to know. And uh, too often we just kind of brush it off. And, and I'll say, you know, if, if you have a man in your life that's just angry all the time, I said, really, it's a man who's crying. He just doesn't know how to express it any other way. And And there are many angry people out there. Uh, many angry students in, in in schools all over the place, just angry, mad at their parents, mad at society, mad, just mad at, at what's going on. And, and if you allow that anger to go forward, um, you get in lots of fights, you get depressed, you end up in jail. You know, it's just a, a negative cycle. So I've got many kids who are at least happier, and I'll say, uh, how are you doing today? And they'll say, oh, I'm doing fantastic, Mr. Landis. And I say, well, how, how's that going for you? Oh, man, it's going really good. So I really feel excited about just, just having a, a better climate when they walk into my room or just as they're going about life. It's exciting that to is, me. Yes, exciting. We know so many students today, so many young people have bad environments at home. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not getting any affirmation. Yes. I mean, that's why, you yeah. know, and, and law enforcement tells us 
You know, if we can solve the family problem, we've solved the gang problem. Oh, yeah. More cops so. on the street aren't going to do it. Just to uh, be interesting to hear from you, uh, the, the effects that you see of the families that are just up against the wall or people don't care or dad's missing or mom's missing and, and what kind of stresses and strains that puts on the, the kid who's trying to learn, for goodness sakes. Well, it's interesting. I, I uh, One of my black kids came and talked to me. I was at the dance, and he said, you know, he said, Mr. Linus, you know my story? I said, no. And he said, well, he said, I don't have a father figure in my life, and, and you know, I need somebody to kind of show me how to do it. And he said, you know, my dad's a drug dealer and, and all this kind of stuff. And, and I said, well, you know what? You're going to do fine. Just do this. And, and uh you know, right off the bat, and I never knew this, but I do know it now, the father in home or lack of father has a drastic impact on a kid. Or even uh, another another thing that I learned um, over the time I was out is that there's five things that can happen to a child that will drastically affect their, their social upbringing. One is if a child is rejected, uh, incest, sexual, physical, or, or emotional abuse. And, you know, the, the last four are the most insidious and maybe the most common. But the one we don't hear about is rejection. Um, I think I was rejected, not overtly or anything, but my dad was very busy and, and just didn't have the time for me. Many of these kids, if their fathers aren't around or their mothers are working, they're, they're being basically rejected. And so they have to kind of raise themselves. Uh, one of my students, four years old, had to take care of her younger sister. Um, a lot of them talk about homelessness or their parents are selling drugs or in jail or on and on and on. And you're like, man, how, how do you, I, I tell, I tell them, you know, I, I, when I read your stories, I cry mm -hmm. and I'll pray for you. And I said, you know, I'm glad you're here because if I went through half of that stuff, I would not be here. Yeah. And, and so they, they get that constant encouragement over and over again. Uh, last year, uh, I, I give them an assignment where, Everybody thinks that they have some obstacle that will prevent them from being successful. And so I'm talking all the time about, no, these, those don't prevent you. It's all in our minds. Mm. Uh, one girl, beautiful girl, she said uh, her dad calls her stupid all the time. Mm. Well, if you, if you hear that from your father, and I called her up Sorry. and I said, you know what? You're a beautiful girl. You're a smart girl. My fear is you're going to meet up with some guy that's going to call you stupid, and you're going to believe it. Mm. Another senior girl, her dad called her worthless. Well, you know what? If you hear that from your father... Right. You know, and I said, you're not worthless. You should start crying. And uh, yeah. at the end of the school year, she was crying and she was talking to me. Thank you. Thank you for telling me. Yeah. You know, can you believe that being a senior in high school, about ready to graduate and not knowing if you have value? Can you imagine that? Isn't that amazing? It blows my mind. It is amazing. And, and, and I think you're right, Rod. You know, the, and of course, the Bible tells us it's an important uh, role that the man has oh, in the absolutely. home. And in our in our society today, you know, there's just uh, a lot of men not there. Yeah. You know, for a variety of reasons. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, our, our, our kids suffer, Absolutely. you know, for that. And, and fortunately, there are there are father figures that are teachers and, uh, and coaches and others out yeah. there who are, are willing to step up to the plate yeah. and provide those uh, those affirmations. And, you know, I just thinking, uh, Rod, you know, had the opportunity to connect with you a couple of years ago mm -hmm. to do a a little leadership mm -hmm. uh, seminar for uh, high school leaders. And uh, as we were talking, you are probably one of the most affirming people mm -hmm. I know. Hmm. I mean, you cannot be in Rod Landis's uh, sphere of influence and not feel affirmed. Right. You know, it's a I gifting. Agree. It is a it gifting is. that that, uh, that God has given you. And, uh, and we thank you for uh, being 
answering that call to be in the school district because our need our kids need that so oh, much. That's right. You know, and, and I'm always shaking hands, how you doing, holding the door open for them, and just little little things like that sure. that, that we tend to to just disregard. We get so caught up in us that we forget that there are other people out there. One of my favorite quotes is that everybody is carrying some burden. Everybody. You know, and I'll, and I'll tell them, you know, like, uh, you know, I've got financial issues and, and I woke up and I'm tired and, uh, you know, but I, I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to mm. be positive. I'm not going to be whining and complaining, uh, moaning about how things are. I'm going I'm to tell you it's going to be okay. Yeah. Uh, I talk about hope all the time. I say, you know, you got to have hope. Once you lose hope, you lose everything. And, and I, I give an example of a guy, um, Victoria's Secret owner. He, he jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge. And I tell him, you know, he had money and he had women all over the place. I said, that sounds like a pretty good deal for most men. I said, why would he jump off the bridge if, if that was the case? He wasn't happy. You know, and money and that, that, that doesn't bring you happiness. I talk about over and over again. I say, you know, so often we say, well, when I get married or when I graduate or when I get a car or when I get whatever, I said, then I'll be happy. I said, well, what happens when you get there? That doesn't make you happy. Right. You want something more. Yes, and a happiness isn't an outside thing. Happiness is an inside yes, thing. You know, yes. and it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter how tall you are, how rich you are. It has nothing to do with anything. And, that, and that's the exciting that, that, I can, that I can present that. Now, I, I get a little bit of uh, criticism because I'm not teaching to the standards, per se, or I'm not doing this and that. But I'm like, you know what? If we don't take care of these basic ideas, Amen, you know what? Oh, Every, it. it doesn't matter yeah. what we do. You know? Amen. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Uh, there, there's three things that I hear over and over again uh, with Modesto City Schools, for instance. It's rigor, relevance, and relationships. Mm. We always hear about rigor and the testing and scores. We hear about that all the time. We rarely hear anything about relevance. Mm-hmm. And uh, I tell my kids at the very beginning, I say, you know what? If what we teach, what I teach in this class doesn't help you outside, I said, we might as well go, to, go home. I said, we're, we're wasting our time. So what I'm going to try to do is, is everything. I, there's things I have to do just like everybody else. But for the most part, I'm making it relevant. Uh, even, for instance, uh, the Odyssey, 3,000-year-old piece of literature. Yes. Well, basically, it's about a man on his way home. And he has all these temptations and all these trials. And I said, you know what? As you go towards your goals, your journey, you're going to have those kinds of things. And you've got to say, here's where I want to go. I, I've got to get there. And if it's an obstacle, I, I fall down and get back up, and I'm going to keep on moving over and over and over again. Um, that, And then, of course, the relationships. Now I know that I'm, I'm aces on relationships because I build those relationships. Uh, I'm finding that out with former students. I don't think I have an enemy that I've ever taught. I don't, I don't think. And I've been real fortunate and blessed. And, and uh, you know, we talked a little about it on Facebook. I've got a lot of former students. And, and because of the relationships I built with them in the classroom, I'm able to further it. Now I'm not a teacher, but I'm a friend and a mentor. And, and they desperately want somebody that, that, that they can believe in, that they can trust. It's not going to sell them down the river. You know, over and over again, you get these comments and thank you, appreciate that. You know, thank you for being positive. Thank you for being encouraging. Thank you for your prayers or your love or your, you know, over and over. What a They're blessing. They're desperately for it. Oh, what a blessing. Guys, we have so much more. And uh, this brings us to our musical guest for the week. It is to- uh, Johnny Diaz, A More Beautiful You. Check out the words to this song on Lighthouse Live and we'll be back with more. Little girl, 14, flipping through a magazine, says she wants to look that way. But her hair isn't straight, her body isn't fake, and she's always felt overweight. 
with Pastor Mike Elaine and our special guest Rod Landis tonight and uh, you know the lyrics listening to that it just uh, it kind of went along with what you were saying earlier Rod before we went into that break you know what you tell a child growing up they're going to believe that and and they will go to great lengths to to change things about how they look how they feel about themselves and whether it be a girl or a guy 
uh, that really plays out in their life to be true, whether it be a girl they want to change as young as 14 and younger. Um, many eating disorders, girls want to look different than, than what they do, and, and guys, too. It's just a – and I don't know if you see that in the classroom. Or certainly you, you probably do. I see it all the time. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, what I'm learning about teenagers, I never really realized before, but teenagers want to be noticed. Yeah. And they want to be appreciated for who they are. And so they'll put all sorts of metal on their head, and they'll have funky hairdos and uh, tattoos and all this kind of stuff. And, and I go over and over. Uh, some of my most beautiful girls, they say, I, I need to get a lip ring. I need to get this. And I say, you know what? You don't need that to look beautiful. Hmm. I, I had a, a little beautiful little blonde gal, and she says, I just don't think I'm very pretty. And then I say, no, I reaffirm her. I say, no, no, you're, you're very beautiful. And, and, you know, I go over and over and over again. And uh, some of my most beautiful girls, for instance, um, they need that affirmation just like everybody else does. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, and, and I say, you know, do you ever get tired of me telling you that you're beautiful? They say, oh, no. They don't mind that at all, you know. Uh, my overweight uh, kids, for instance, um, I, I have quite a few overweight girls, and, and you know they're they're hugging me more than I'm hugging them almost mm. because nobody ever pays any attention to them. Nobody yeah. ever says that. I'll tell them, you know, you look beautiful today. They never heard that ever, mm. you know. And, and it's just very exciting for me to to just be able to affirm them. And I, and I tell them over and over again. I say, you know what? I like you just because you're you. It has nothing to do with your grades. It has nothing to do with how you look. It has nothing to do with that. I just like you because you're you. And as Christians, that's how we can do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. without Christ in our lives to allow us to love with unconditional love, we wouldn't be able to do it. Right. And if I looked at all the negative stuff in their lives, well, I could find it. Every one of us has negatives in it. But, uh, you know, I, I've learned that as we look at the positive and dwell on the positive, they'll shine. Yeah. I was that way. I mean, you can tell me 10 times that I'm doing good, but you tell me one time I'm not. I focus on the one time I'm not rather sure. than the 10 I did right. Absolutely. You know, yeah. and, and we're all that way. And we're all just yesterday at church, for instance, um, pastor, he says, uh, you ever feel second rate? Mm-hmm. Well, we all feel second rate. He yeah. says, you ever feel unloved? Well, we all feel unloved. And I'm probably one of the more loved people around just because I show a lot of it. And mm-hmm. I feel that way. You know, and so if, if I'm that way, well, man, I know how everybody else is. And that's the challenge of just being there, positive, happy, excited to see them. Uh, I told him today, for instance, um, our affirmation is today I'm going to make a difference. I asked him, you know, how can you make a difference? How, how can a teenager make a difference? And I said, well, you can encourage people. You can go do this and this. And I said, well, you know what? You, you guys encourage me every day just walking in the door, mm-hmm. a smile. Mm-hmm. I'll walk around the campus and clear up, hi, Mr. Landis, you know. And, and I, I tell them, I said, I feel like a king walking around this campus. <laughs> and they said, well, it's because you treat us good. And I said, well, yeah. you treat me good. You know, it, it's, a, it's a reciprocal thing. Yes. A lot of times they'll say, uh, well, I won't show respect until they show respect to me. I said, that's mm-hmm. not how it works. <laughs> I say, you've got to show respect to get it back. Yeah. You've got to show love to get it back. And it's hard to do. But I start right off the bat, and, and I, I don't have any troubles. You know, I, I'm, I'm blessed, incredibly so. You know, Rod, uh, so many of the families that we deal with, the people in need, are single parents. You know, and uh, a lot of times we're providing furniture because it's a single mom just trying to make ends meet and working a couple of jobs and, and just can't uh, pay for that crib or mm-hmm. or. The refrigerator broke down. There's no way she's going to be able to buy a new refrigerator. And mm-hmm. we just see a lot of single moms and single dads mm-hmm. out there. And I think it has to be one of the 
toughest roles in today's society. Well, and, and I see it over and over again. I, you know, I was talking about that black kid, and he said, you know, he says there for a while, he said, I, I didn't like my mom. Mm. I was that way. I, I was uh, raised, my dad left my mom when I was a senior in high school. And there was a point in my life where I, I re, um, resented my mom. And I'd say, you know what, if you would have loved my dad the way he would have needed love, then, then I wouldn't have this situation. And, and we, we fail to realize that, that we can be a single parent, and we are still seen as the victim. We are still seen as the bad guy. And uh, so we need to realize that, and, and uh, we need to reaffirm to these kids, it's not you. Uh, it's just us. And, and parents, man, you know, I, I'm almost, uh, next month I'll be married 27 years, and I talk about it over and over again. I say, you know what? Um, except for the grace of God, there go I. Yes. Uh, and I say, you know, every day I have to resist the temptation to run. Uh, you know, I'm talking this way to these kids because, you know, by by all standards, I, I'm an old married man. You know, I'm almost the new 50 at, at age at 27. You know, and I tell them, I said, because I, I want to make it work, and I know what it is that it'll do for kids. And it's not an easy thing to do. And so often we think, well, I'm going to get married, man, I'll live happily ever after. I said, I said you know what? It, it, it's going to get tough. I had mm -hmm. lunch with a, a former student of mine. He's probably 25 or so. And uh, I said, you got any questions for me, Quentin? He says, uh, does it get easier? And I said, you know, I, <laughs> I wish it did, but, you know, it gets harder. And you guys think you got it rough right now. It's going to get a lot tougher when you have um, bills to pay and, and sickness and you have a lot of stuff that goes on. It's going to be really hard to, to keep the thing going. Right. Um, one, and uh, just another thought, if a, if a mother is out there raising a boy, a, a woman cannot teach a boy how to be a man. Amen. And, and so we need to have men stepping up to show them how it does. I wasn't taught how to be a man. I had good parents, a good dad, but it, he didn't teach me how to be a man. And so I kind of had to learn on my own. Wow. And I've been always searching for who who is that person. And uh, since I've been back in the classroom, I know that I'm the father figure. I'm the counselor. Mm -hmm. I, I'm the I'm the buddy. I, you know, I, I'm I'm the the guy they can come to. Mm -hmm. You know, and if I see a kid, I say, "Hey, is everything going all right?" Well, if it's not, you come talk to me. And you know, and and the doors are open. You know what a ministry once again that is, Rod. What a blessing that you are there. Uh, it's just an incredible blessing for these kids mm -hmm. that you have. And you're mm -hmm. saying you have about 200 children this year? I, I have about 200, yeah, about 200 a day. And, and uh, you know, and, and then the kids that I see that aren't, aren't you know, I see every day. And, and, and I've just made that connection. And, and they'll swing by and, you know, I'll tell them, you look nice today. Or, you know, you got a great smile. And just, just over and over, you know, I get the big old smile back when I do that. And, uh it is a blessing. I never realized that. Um, you know, it's interesting. Last year, uh, I had the opportunity four people come into my room and just, just, and I said, would it be okay if I pray with you? I've never done that before. And, uh, you know, I just reading something today that, that there's no prayer in schools. I think that's a bunch of hogwash. There's lots, of, there's a lots of prayer going on in, in schools. There, there's a lot of it. And I don't have to hit anybody over the head with it. I don't have to, you know, but, but when the opportunity comes, it comes. And I'm not pushing, and it just oh, open. Oh, I want to. I want to give another. Um, I, I do free reading once a month, and um, I have I have a couple Bibles just sitting there on my bookshelf with the other books, you know. And and this kid come up. He said, "Okay, Mr. Landis." He said, "I've never read the Bible." He said, "Where do I start?" 
<laughs> and so I don't know what you would have said, but I said, uh, well, I'd probably start in Psalms or Proverbs or something. And by the end of end of the reading, he's in Genesis one. He says, you mean you mean the devil did this, and you mean this, and uh, you know, and it was just wide open. That just know. has to bless you. Look at the seeds that are planting. You You're know. sharing the gospel. My goodness. Well, there's there's a song I'm talking about all the faces. I talked about going into heaven, and uh, all of a sudden he says, turn, turn around. I said, those are all the faces that came because of you, wow. because of your love, yes, because yes. of your, your commitment, because of your testimony, because, you know, I'm just a man. I mean, I got issues just like everybody else has issues. But look but, how God is using well, you. you know, and that's the oh, exciting thing about it. Because, you know, I'm just convinced I'm supposed to be at Enoch High School. I'm just convinced. And uh, because I'm there and, and all these people and, um, you know, I, I'm to the point now, I don't care where I teach. You give me a room and a couple of kids, I'm good to go. You know, I don't need all those bells and whistles. Sure, that helps. But I don't need it because I, I can do it because I've done it. I know I can. And, and that's exciting to know that God has gifted me in the area of teaching, in the area of mercy, in the area of um it be an encouragement, and so it's a pretty dynamite package, and I, I feel very blessed by it all. And God has God has allowed me to do that, and, and to see the blessing. That, that's the exciting thing for me. To Back see to it. school night has that happened yet? It's coming up Thursday night, and we're really excited about, or I'm really excited. I always love seeing the parents. And uh, last year it was kind of funny. A couple parents said, "Man, I, I wish I could go back to school. Man, I, I wish you know I want my kids to have them." And and uh, you know I am. I, I have to work on being humble really hard. But uh, God, God is blessing me in, in tremendous ways. And uh, for those of you that pray out there, just pray for me because I, I wouldn't be able to do it without without prayer. And, and my Christian kids, uh, you know, I've got, I don't know, five or six just verses up on the Bible. And, and the Christians, they, they recognize what they are. But the other ones, and I never call attention to it or say anything about it, you know, and they're there. And, and so they'll come up and I say, well, you know, would, would you keep me in prayer? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Mr. Landis, we'll do that for you. And, and are you still praying? Oh, yeah, we're doing that, Mr. Landis. You know, because I know that I, I'm in the in the sights and i know what i do with yes, hugging kids yes, i mean it would yes. take one accusation and i'm done but right, uh, you right, know what right. I, I know that god will protect me and and I, i'm very careful about how i do what i do when i do Amen. and uh, i'm aware of, of what's going on out there mm-hmm. and and i do it at some risk but the blessing that come from it are just huge well you know rod when when we're out there doing what god wants us to do there is risk yeah. There's always risk. I mean, here at AVC, we got volunteers out there every day, yeah. mm-hmm. and there's always risk. But you know what? You dwell on that, and that's the way the, e- the, the, way the evil one vapor locks yeah. you. You know, he neutralizes yeah. you, and it's not that we have to be stupid about it. Yeah. You know, we, yeah. we're wise. You know, we take the precautions we, we need to, but, you know, God's full speed ahead. And, and I think the wonderful thing, and this is a, a beautiful example of it, when we tell people that you you are the minister, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, mm-hmm. some of us are licensed and ordained, mm-hmm. but we're, we're there to encourage. Yes. We are there to equip the yes. saints for service. The ministers are the people like you uh, out in the public school systems, out in the marketplace, doing the day-to-day stuff. And God has you, equipped you uh, I- incredibly to influence yes. the community. Yes. And, you know, you don't have to say anything about being a Christian, no. but the hurting kids that walk through yeah. your door, they see God through yeah. you. That's yeah. right. You, you know, and, and uh, I'm on Facebook, like I say, and, and a lot of my former students are on there. Uh, one of the girls that I taught uh, my first year, I taught it at uh, Buyer. 
she said, you know, Mr. Landis, you're one of the reasons I came to school every day. And that just blows my mind. That was when I didn't know anything. And uh, just being there and being an encouragement. Um, just the other day, one of my students came up and said, yeah, you, you have my cousin in your class, and we were talking. We love you as a teacher. Uh, I got another one that taught clear back in 94, 95, and he says, yeah, uh, me and my sister, we talk about of our favorite teachers. You're, you're one of the top ones, you know. And, and so I get that affirmation over and over and over again. But there's a part of me still It's like, oh, they're just being nice. Or, you know, and I've yeah. always gotten uh, yearbooks full of kids signing just tons of wonderful things. You, know, you changed my life, and I'll always remember you. And, and I, I hear it over and over again, you know, because, because of just how I've been gifted. To, to be me, I, I'm not putting on a show. I'm not doing anything abnormal. I'm just being me, and, and that that's pretty profound, I think. Rod, what would you say to um, other teachers out there? We have about three minutes left here. What would you say to uh, people thinking about the teaching profession, and maybe some teachers who are thinking they're kind of burned out? And uh, what would you do to encourage the uh, the person looking at a career? in education and the person who's going, man, I just about had enough of it. Well, you know, when I was uh, speaking, I had a goal. I wanted to speak to 50,000 people. I just thought that'd be cool. Rod Land is a great speaker. But my, my, my goal has changed. God has allowed me to influence kids. There, there have been many days where I'll teach in my class. You can almost hear a pin drop in the class. They're, they're really tuned into what, mm-hmm. I'm, what I'm doing. But I've changed my goal is I want to influence as many kids as I can in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've got kids. I've got a Wednesday after school I do. I do speech team over at Modesta High. I, I teach uh, the kids at Bible Study Fellowship. Lots, lots of different opportunities that I want to do that. Um, there will be people who die today wondering if they made a difference in this world. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. I, I can die very comfortably knowing that I've influenced and affected 100 people right. and probably thousands of people. I mean, I have no idea where my impact is, has gone, but I, but I know that I have, and, and that's very, very, um, very comforting to know. And the reason I have, it's not I'm, I'm not the smartest guy. I'm not the greatest English teacher. I wouldn't even profess to be so. But I know that I care about kids, and you got to care about kids. Yeah. And when you care about kids and get involved, with, one of my one of my good friends started over at Elliot. And she was really concerned. She was going to teach science, never taught in the classroom. Here she's got the worst kids. And I said, you know what? All you have to do is care about kids. Mm. If you care about kids, and, and just the other day she, she said, I love it. I love uh, being in this class because I'm really, you know, getting with these kids and bonding with them. And, and, and that's where it starts mm. because they say it doesn't matter how much. Uh, they won't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Oh, that's right. And over and over and over again, they know I care. And, and that's all it does. Uh, when they know you care about them, giving them breaks, whatever it is, um, they're, they're going to respond for you. And my kids, they love me and I love them. And, and you know, coming in that door, it's about a love fest. You know, the, <laughs> I, I mean, it really is. They, they, uh, they really are, are glad to see me and, and I'm glad to see them. And it's exciting. Well, and again, uh, a lot of them probably aren't getting that at home. Uh, and and that's why God's got yeah. you there. Any last, uh, we've got about a minute left. Any last minute prayer requests for for you and uh, and the education profession? You know, the, the education process, we're going through a lot of struggles. Yeah. I mean, yes. Modesto schools are like $11 million. We're going to have to cut again next year. Yeah. Uh, it, it's tough. But I do know this, that if you love kids, uh, if you love your profession, if you love your subject, uh, you'll be good. You'll be fine. And I tell all my kids, I say, you know what? You want to make a difference in this world? Go into teaching. You will change yeah. lives for, forever yeah, and ever. 
you just encourage the teachers as well, right? I hope so. Thank you so much, Brother, for I'm joining us here. tonight. Thank I'm you, dear here. friends, for listening wherever you are. We appreciate you tuning in to Lighthouse Live. Have a great week, and may God continue to bless you.